You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. For technology and society. 702. Technology and society with Aki Anastasio. This feature is brought to you by Altron Technology Partners in your digital transformation journey. For more, visit altron.com. Altron, there when it matters. 702. Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. How's it, Aki? I'm on the <laughs> <laughs> Morning, Eusebius. How are you doing? I'm extremely well, my friend. You must be so relieved the elections are over, huh? Yeah, yes and no, in yeah. the sense that, you know, the extra hours we put in, it gets tiring, you get sweaty, it's hot, the aircon is horrible in there, toilets get clogged, all sorts of things happen at the rock. Um, but at the same time, the story moves on mm. and the analyst in me is still enormously fascinated by the obvious question the weekend after, which is what now? What are the implications? And there are still some really fascinating intellectual and political and practical questions for all of us to grapple with. No, absolutely. And, you know, for me, being that analytical person, I've been going through the data. And for me, the data is the fascinating part, you know, comparing how many people turned out last time, how people voted, et cetera, et cetera, and those trends and, and you know, the different age groups. I think that for me is absolutely fascinating. And there's room there still for quality data journalism mm, to be mm, done. Mm, mm. We have hypotheses that are not bad hypotheses based on our South African experiences. And I had this conversation on A on 403 on ENCA with Peter Bruce yesterday yeah. about the Freedom Front Plus. There's a classic example. If you're not scared of big databases and you've got your kind of skill set, you can answer some questions factually that we are now just hypothesizing about. For example, who voted for this party, in which voting districts, etc., etc. And I think there we have a duty to be fact-based rather than simply using conjecture and stereotyping and that kind of thing. So the data that is available to us and the tools technologically are absolutely, absolutely incredible. So I think the space here to still do excellent post-mortem journalism that distinguishes yourself from the field um, the the gap is there to be taken. Uh, and, there are many stories to be told about the results. N- that no the, doubt, the top line reaction can't capture the complexity. And the parties that take this data, analyze it, crunch it, apply the algorithms and the machine learning, can really have a, a differentiating campaign yeah. in five years from now. Hundred percent. Which kind of leads into our first one. You know, we you look at human beings and how we kind of start predicting things. And uh, you know, just recently the International Conference of Nuclear Cardiology and Cardiac uh, uh, CT was organised, and um, they had all these cardiologists and people from you know different walks of life and machine learning in particular. Um, and they they came up and they 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 presented this fascinating study. Uh, and they've basically come up to say that machine learning has overtaken the variables that human beings make on predicting of death or heart attack. Hmm. So traditionally, when you go to a doctor, you know, they ask you all of these sort of things. And what they did was over a six-year period, they used an, a, they analyzed 85 variables in 950 patients. Um, and they put this through a machine. The algorithm learned how the imaging data interacts. They then identified the patterns correlating the variables to death and heart attacks with more than a 90% accurately. So accuracy. So by using technology and artificial intelligence and machine learning, they've discovered that 
you know, that the, the computers and technology is doing a better job than us as humans in aiding us better. And I mean, it's nothing, uh, wow, unexpected. We could see this coming because it's happening in our day-to-day lives, whether you're using uh, your facial recognition on your smartphone, whether you're using uh, your Netflix um, mm-hmm. to kind of predict what you want to watch. Uh, and I, I just find that amazing that just based on what I watch, the recommendation that Netflix gives me, for example, are pretty accurate. I think it makes sense. And if you think about it, right, if we are most generous to doctors and specialists, they also use data and their own experiential learning. And we call it being experienced. Yes. But if you can have a machine that can learn more quickly and can crunch data on a larger scale than a human being, then we would be idiotic to not tap into that resource. 100%. 100%. And, and, and it's it, no just to doctors. We love you to bits. And some people, will st- there still, will still be a role for you, the reading, the patient care, the bedside manner, et cetera, et cetera, all of those things. And it's not about displacing you. It's about enmeshing the technology into your yeah. world of work. And it's enabling you to make better a better, better predictions and outcomes. And it's all about so, the patient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you've got more time to spend on that. But, you know, this yeah. is going to be applicable <laughs> in every kind of field. If, if you're a legal person, if you're in business, the kinds of numbers and data that people are crunching to come up with these kind of outcomes is astonishing. And, and, and this leads to the next discussion I wanted to have with you, Eusebius, is that, uh, you know, the, the, this new research that was released by the Bank of America and Merrill Lynch basically are saying that humans are going to live to over 100, which we've known for a while, but, you know, how, how do we go about, how we, how do we go about it? But I mean, typical examples like if you can predict somebody is going to have a heart attack before they have the heart attack, you're saving a life. So, adding a life expectancy to them. But what they did was they're saying that anti-aging technologies in particular, which is going to be worth a $110 billion market, which you and I need to tap into very soon. That's juxtaposed with an earworm that I have right about now from Queen, who wants to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. Good one. Touche. But, you know, the, this, this massive market, together with the uh, longevity market, they, they're talking about a market, and I, and I tell this to people, if you want to look at different things to do and alternative things to do, this is a $600 billion market by 2025. I'm talking about medical and anti-aging. I mean, I just touched on unwearable wellness products that are worth going to be $110 billion. But just to give you an idea of how fast we're moving in CBS and what this research revealed, that they're expecting medical knowledge to double every 73 days by 2020. So, and And, and if you look back, to just uh, 2010, the same kind of medical knowledge that they were gathering, they were doubling that every three and a half years. Wow. That's how fast we are moving. So every 73 days, we will double the medical knowledge that we get, we gone. And this is the, the, the computers and genomic, uh, the, you know, when you sequence the genomes, if you look at the cost of that, and I, have you done a study on this? It's fascinating that because it was like something like $40,000 mm-hmm. um, not so long ago. Now that price has fallen down. 99.99% okay. since 2003. So you can decode your DNA for a fraction of the cost, a per- less than a percentage of what it would have cost you, you know, less than 20 years ago. Well, there's so, come in time for you and me. These absolutely. We've technologies. still got time. We've still got time. And they, okay. They're talking about the, 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 the different... Uh, um, the different things that are going to add to us, and they, 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 they've got this techmanity. I love the word techmanity. Technology meets humanity revolution. They are, they've also highlighted human lifespans, the quality of human lifespans, genomics, uh, artificial intelligence. Lord, where's this going to end? Future health. This is, this is death delaying, right, and anti-aging. 
Soon you're going to come into my studio and talk to me about age reversing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, listen, sometimes, I sometimes miss my 20-year-old self. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I spoke to um, uh, one of these guys, these fancy doctors that do anti-aging. That you can't reverse certain things. But once they figure out how they can prolong that, uh, to, you know, down. to slow down completely, that's when the big game changer happens. <laughs> but, but I mean, if you just look at what they're doing with food, for example, and moonshot medicine, which is the guys that are working on stuff to, to you know, eradicate cancer, for example. I mean, all of these things, I mean, just cancer, if they can eradicate cancer, you think of the majority of people that die, die because of cancer in their later life. Mm. Imagine what we can do. Uh, I don't know if I want to live that long. Do you want to be around, do you want to be like 110 years? Look, I don't, but I mean, you know, I, give me the option. Well, uh, you know, first it's not compulsory to live, right? You know, but uh, there are ways of cliffing yourself. Yeah, but but uh, you know, I don't want it's to, the uh, uncertainty. But then, on the other hand, you know, the philosophically inclined might say the uncertainty of whether you will live long and when you will die also drives you to be goal oriented. Exactly. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be celebrating <laughs> Eusebius's seventieth year in radio. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, fascinating. Anyway, but it's it's where's, quite interesting how yeah. it's all going. Where's the gadget? I thought you were oh, also going to review no, no, something. Here's the gadget. I've got the Nokia Nine Pure View, which is Nokia's flagship device. And I tell you what, if there's one company, uh, if you look back eleven years, Nokia had a. I think a 70% market share and then it went horribly wrong because they didn't listen to what their customers were saying. Mm. But to cut a long story short, they, you know, they're emerging out of the ashes with some fantastic devices. And what you're holding in your hand is the Nokia 9 Pure View. Uh, it's the world's first five camera array. They're using Zeiss optics and, um, they're using, you know, computational imaging technology. It's a software that happens in the background when you take a photograph. It opens up all of those five lenses. So if you look what at is those, it, is that at the back here? This weird stuff. Yeah, those are those five lenses. It's okay. got it's it's extraordinary what it's what it's got in there. I mean, um, you know, if if I can get technical for one second, uh, all of those five lenses work together. Um, they allow 10 times the amount of light than a single color lens are in. So you take better photographs in the darker conditions. Mm. Um, and okay. each of those things do something different. Mm. But what's distinguishing about this particular device is, and there's massive competition in the photography sector. And the, you know, the, du- the jury is still out on, you know, comparing this to the, uh, top of the range iPhone, the top of the range Huawei, uh, P30, which we, uh, in, which we reviewed recently and the Samsung Note 10, uh, the, the Samsung S10. Um, you know, there's massive competition between those devices on who takes the best photographs. Um, I don't think this one is quite with those ones there yet, mm. but, uh, it does take raw imaging of the photographs. So the raw image, what it does is as a, as a, a photo, as an enthusiast, a photography enthusiast, you can take those raw images and play around with them a lot more okay. than the other devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where the distinguishing factor is on this particular device. But it's, it's a, it's a top of the range phone. It's got a great uh, processor. It's got an amazing screen and it is priced slightly cheaper than the other rivals I just spoke about. But I tell you, the Nokia devices that are being made right now, nothing wrong from the bottom of the range to the mid range. They really are making amazing phones. And when people say to me, what device, I say, go and look at the Nokia. Go and look. I, I give them different ranges to look at. But these Nokias, they, they're doing some interesting stuff. I'm, technology is amazing. Eh? We take for granted these innovations. I'm yeah. busy ordering lunches we speak. Can you imagine in, in the late 90s, 
ordering lunch. If I'd say to you, yeah, you know, there'll be a time when you and I will be in the studio. We'll talk about technology, Aki. <laughs> and um, without me even calling someone on my landline phone, I'm just on a... Firstly, I'm going to have a phone like people in Dallas and Dynasty. It's going to be so cheap. Are you doing Uber Eats, are you? And as we are speaking, I am ordering a veggie korma. I don't have to speak to anyone. By the time I'm off air... It'll be here. I will have garden peas, green beans, carrots, butternut, green peppers, sweet potato, mm. and cashew nuts cooked in a tomato and coconut cream with Indian curry spices and brown bismarck. From where? you could tell us from where. It sounds absolutely delicious. Not only is it delicious, it is vegan. I am so healthy right now. And it's from across the road, but I don't want to lose calories going across the road. So they'll deliver across the road. And if it's Lexi's, which is probably... Are you ready for Lexi's? <laughs> I could have walked there and picked it up for you. No, but I'm trying to use technology. Yeah. But it's amazing. The rapidity of the changes are so swift. Yes, yes, that yes. This is now obviously, I mean, you know, millennials won't know how weird it is for us. To yeah. think back to a time when, if we had said this is what we'll be able to do in future. No, it's, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. It's there quite you go. extraordinary. I've even preemptively put in a tip. No, no, man, not five rand. Put in 15 rand. There we That's go. it. Be, yeah. you know, and then the delivery <laughs> costs are how much? <laughs> <laughs> Very little. That's where the exploitation comes in because capitalism is capitalism is capitalism. Exactly. I try and tip to offset that. Enjoy your lunch. Thank Thanks you, darling. Thanks for the heads up. Lovely to see you. Lovely and, to see um, you too. Yeah, well done on your, but you're a big fan of Uber Eats. No. My partner and I decided we're going to both delete the app oh. uh, because we need to cook at home. Because, you know, obviously on a Monday, you start your diet again. Yes. By the end of the week, I might be back on the app. Let's not remind ourselves of the weekend. <laughs> I, I had one of those horrible... Do you know, you know when you realize how bad your weekend was? Mm. You know, one of those box of lint chocolates. And you pace yourself. And you say, I'm only going to have two and two. And then on Monday morning, you look into the dustbin and you've thrown the empty box away. And you yes. go, what happened? I was supposed to have paced myself. Yeah, and you just schnafted. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs>